People often ask me, how do you scout certain players? So this week on Locked On Vikings, we're going to talk about how to scout, and we're starting with cornerbacks. Welcome to the podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You, like it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. You can find this show anywhere you find fine podcasts, including YouTube and even Amazon Fire and Roku if you download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com and look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game. Um, look, it's Monday, uh, but it's not Monday for me. <laughs> I'm recording this before the weekend. I am out of town all this week, so I will be off the grid. But I wanted to make sure you guys still had podcasts. So this is a pre-recorded series of how I scout in draft players. Um, I get questions about this kind of thing all, a lot. What is what is corner technique? What are you looking? For, what are you looking for in a quarterback and all that stuff? So I wanted to kind of do a series to that effect. That's what this whole week is going to be. So if there's any news that broke this weekend that I'm missing out on, uh, I don't know about it yet. It's Thursday for me. <laughs> And I will catch up with a big old news dump episode the following Monday. Um, but it does kind of sound like things are a little slow right now. So hopefully we'll, we, we shouldn't see too much. But if we do, we'll catch up on it later. Um, for now, let's talk about how I scout cornerbacks. I wanted to start with corner because I think it is the, the most pressing need facing the Vikings right now. Um, as of this recording, they have Byron Murphy two second-year players, and guys on future contracts. Um, I, st I do still kind of think that there there might be a corner coming before the draft, like just one more kind of body that might have been Duke Shelley, that might have been somebody, or well, it's not Duke Shelley, I know that, that much at least, because uh, he signed with the Raiders, but somebody of that caliber that they can kind of bring in for the veteran minimum, um, which is what they offered Duke Shelley. So I still think that there's something happening there. Uh but that doesn't mean that corner is not a major priority for the Vikings. And the way the draft board looks, there are a lot of corners that I really like. Um, I've talked about many of them on this show already. Did a Joey Porter episode, a Keely Ringo episode. I'm not huge into him. Um, a, a Christian Gonzalez episode. But let's talk about exactly how, if you're going to flick on the tape. And for me, uh, when I watch tape, where I get it, for college. For the NFL, you can get it on NFL+. Plus. Um, there's even, like... Uh, like video downloading Google Chrome extensions that can actually download the, the whole file so you don't have to deal with their player and you can just load it into QuickTime or I load it into Adobe Premiere, which is what I'm very comfortable with because I've been an editor for years. Um, so it, it's very comfortable for me to kind of cut it up and, and make videos that way. But that's NFL tape, uh, coaches film. It's not that expensive. And then for college tape, that one's a little harder. You kind of have to seek it out. If it's a major school, you shouldn't have too much problem. Everybody's got Alabama tape. Um, there are two Patreons that I recommend for this, Caddy's Cut-Ups 
and Coach Vass. Um, I also recommend San- Sanjit T on on Patreon. He's a, a Raiders guy, so a lot of his stuff is Raiders, but he does have lots of uh, tape available. And he has a great YouTube channel as well. It's called The Football Scout on YouTube. He's got great videos. Again, it's a, a lot of it's Raiders stuff, but you can learn things from it nonetheless. Um, that's where I get it. Uh, you have to pay for all of that stuff, but I, I, it's pretty like Caddy's cutups is like two bucks a month. Um, coach fast is a little bit more and his stuff is more geared toward actual coaches trying to learn how to, you know, install like high school defenses with their high school kids, you know, but as a fan like us, uh, we can still learn a lot for just from having that tape. Um, so also a tip for scouting is uh, instead of looking for the number, figure out what your guy is wearing. And I tend to tunnel vision on the guy a lot. It's not always possible with certain positions. Like, you can't exactly tunnel vision on a quarterback. You got to see how the protection went and what the play call was and all that stuff. Um, But with something like corner, a lot of times I can tunnel vision. Sometimes I will get evaluation on a guy and as a run play. And the wide receiver is just running a go route, but you can still like the corner doesn't know that. Right. So you can still see how he plays what he thinks is a go route um, and sort of still mark down that that tendency. So th- that's just all like general tips. Right. With corner in particular, um, I guess with a lot of positions, you you want to start with footwork and, and, and footwork technique. But before you even do that, I think you should probably know I. You should know coverages. Right? I'm not saying don't know coverage. You should know what you, everything you can about about coverages if you're if you're scouting people in the secondary. Know what the assignment is, right? With cornerback, if you aren't intimately familiar with what quarter quarter half and and mod quarters and and you know uh, stubby versus stump and what like all this cover seven, all these terminal. If you're not too familiar with that, I do actually have other resources that I've written and done podcasts on that stuff too. Um, but if you're not familiar with that and you're, you're new to that kind of stuff, I would say I'll break down cornerback play into four different major techniques, which will comprise most of what you see, especially at the college level. Things might get a little weirder in some NFL defenses, but at the college level, um, there's what I call squat, which is cover two, cover two flat responsibilities. Um, that is the easiest thing that uh, of these four, this is the one Mike Zimmer said, you know, you can go down to seven eleven and find a cover two corner. That's because squat is not responsible for anything deep. If you are a squatting corner, this is cover two. You've got a safety over the top of you. So look for that half safety. And then it's somebody, if any, if any route goes deep and the, the cornerback lets it go, they're probably in squat or some people call it cloud. Um, sometimes there's cover threes that have you clouding, but it's the same technique. So you know, don't worry about if it's cover two or cover three so much when you're scouting the corner, but you got to know, okay, this is squat. He is letting that guy go and get picked up by the safety. The only real thing about squat that I look for is when you're midpointing. So if there is a route higher than you and a route lower than you, um, corners in squat are supposed to try to essentially park themselves between those two routes for as long as they can while they still feel like they can make a break on both balls. You might remember this from uh, some Kirk Cousins stuff in like September, early October. He was really struggling with this by his own admission. Uh, he was really struggling when corners did that uh, because he was throwing it too fast and, you know, the the corners didn't have to wait very long. They could still make a play on both balls when he threw it so the corner could make a play on the ball. 
Um, so that, that takes a little skill. Can you midpoint well, or are you over committing to the high route or the low route and letting the other thing get caught? Um, but otherwise I don't get a lot out of the squat reps. So if you're charting like every single rep and just like charting, Hey, was there a ball caught near him or not? You're going to sort of naturally overweight those squat reps when you're in a, a, a corner in cover two. Personally, I just don't care about them that much, but a lot of charting, a lot of, you know, how many personally, I don't care too much about those reps, but when you're charting, uh, you know, how many catches got made in his coverage or, or, or whatever, um, you'll sort of, it's really hard not to overvalue those. Then there's mod, which is quarters. Um, I, I call it mod that's man outside and deep, and it's a very, uh, common, coverage assignment in quarters quarters is a lot more complicated than that but i'm calling i'm talking about like pure cover four which a lot of um like nick saban-esque you know if you're going to watch georgia if you're going to watch alabama for their corners um that's the they, they do a lot of of mod and that just means man outside and deep it means you're in a, a deep quarter zone and you're responsible for everything outside and deep so anything underneath if they're not chasing it if they're not staying under then uh they're probably in mod if there's if they're zoning off. It might also be uh, a deep third assignment. That's the third one. So if they're in quarters, and the way you can see it is if they're staying deep, possibly they're manning up later in the rep, uh, and there will also be a safety kind of next to them. If you see a safety in a corner next to each other deep, that's probably quarters on that side at least. And then um, they'll usually sort of back off and they'll kind of drift deep into the outside rather than playing an actual wide receiver. And then you can see the if their eyes are on the quarterback, then you can say, okay, that's probably mod. And then middle third looks really similar, and it can kind of be indistinguishable from quarters sometimes. Um, the best way to tell is if the linebacker plays the flat underneath them or not. Um, and also, you'll have your hips pointed inside, so you'll have your butt facing the sideline in these sort of deeper zone assignments. And then there's just straight man-to-man. -man. That's when they're they're squared up. They're looking directly at the receiver and not the quarterback. All these other zones, it's cover two, three, four. It's zone. So you're looking, you're watching the QB. You're watching the whole thing. You're trying to keep as much vision in front of you. In man, it's I just got you and I'm following you. So your eyes will be on the receiver. Um, shoulder square to the receiver, and then you know they they fall. It's usually pretty easy to identify. Those are the four things: squat, cover four, slash mod, uh, cover three, and man-to-man. -man. So if you can understand that those are the the responsibilities and you can just kind of know which one you're in at a given time, it'll help you scout a whole lot more because, you know, if you're sitting in squat and then a guy runs right past the corner, it might be really easy to say, oh, whoa, he just got totally run by and you're not even realizing, oh, wait, he's just letting that guy run by. Or if you're in mod and somebody beats him to the inside, that's okay because he's playing with outside lever. He's, he's okay. He has to get beat inside because you, his responsibility is not inside. There's another safety that's supposed to pick that up. And if that safety isn't there, that's kind of on him. Um, so just understanding the assignment and where a corner's help is will help you to know what is, oh, he, the, the coverage sort of required him to give that space there. Uh, and what is, oh, he just screwed up and he got beat. That will help you sort of differentiate between the, the good plays and the bad plays a lot better than just charting the result of those plays. Um, I want to talk about like technique too, because that's what I'm evaluating a lot with these corners. And 
I, I want to just talk about like more of that like philosophy stuff too. Um, but before I get into that, let me talk to you about my new favorite phone game, Ultimate Football GM. It is an off-season simulator game, a, a franchise manager. It's not just the off-season, it's the whole season, all parts of it, finding the right coaches, drafting players, free agents, negotiating contracts, build your best team, and then go see if you can't win a whole bunch of Super Bowls. You can play like a solo franchise mode or you can even get a whole bunch of people together and do a league. We actually did that with a bunch of locked on hosts. Uh, Christopher Carter, who does locked on Steelers, ended up being the winner. Ultimate Football GM is the name, again, of the app. You can find it on the App Store or at ultimate-gm.com. And right now, Locked On Vikings listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so check it out today. Once again, to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or lock it or look it up on app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. For your second listen, you can check out Patreon. Um, Patreon will also keep posting, even though I'm out of town. I got some stuff scheduled. Uh, some draft breakdowns that are fun. I'm also working on a bigger project about analytics that might be up later in the summer. You can watch the History Doc, which is a seven-part series on the entire history of the Minnesota Vikings. One hour each episode on average. <laughs> um, so go check that out. Patreon.com slash NFL. Let me move on to some technique stuff. So hopefully we kind of understand that there's different assignments that require you to cover different like areas of the field. If you're covering outside and a route breaks to the inside of you, you're never going to be on it. And if you are, it's really impressive. Um, but typically somebody else is supposed to pick that up when that, you know, when a dig breaks inside of you and you're in quarters, right? Um, but when you are in man coverage, that is going to be where we get, and especially with the Vikings, who are going to be in man coverage a lot. That's Brian Flores. He, he's going to use a ton of man. Um, that will be a lot more helpful for us for, for scouting these guys out. Um, so like I said at the beginning of the show, the first thing I want you to look at is feet. I want you to watch the footwork. That will tell you so much more than watching their shoulders or their eyes. I mean, their eyes will tell you a lot, but then watching their hips or whatever, or just watching them kind of as a focus in on their feet. Now, like really get tunnel vision. I don't want to care if it's an RPO to the other side or whatever. I really, really, really want you to focus on the that one guy when you're scouting that one guy. Once you've figured out what the coverage is and what he's trying to do, watch his feet. And then it kind of depends on, on where he is aligned. So if he's in off coverage... Um, I want to see how much the corner is staying flat footed, like how long they do when you're in off coverage. So you have, you know, eight, nine, 10 yards of cushion, depending on game plan and how confident you feel and stuff. Um, it is a big old game of chicken. Uh, it is, you know, if, if that is a go route and you're flat footed and you just stand there and let him run by you, you could give up a touchdown, right? So you're going to want to backpedal a little bit. You're going to want to give a little extra, but if you give too much extra cushion, then they break off a curl route in front of you. You give up a 12 yard catch and your coach is going, what did you do to defend there? Um, so what I want to see out of college corners is I want to see them flat footed in off coverage until the wide receiver gets to a certain landmark. And this will be game plan determined. So whatever that landmark is, you can't really tell and you don't have to know. Um, but just understand, like there should be, it looks like there should be a motivated point at which, okay, 
now I go, right? Like it should look like a, a, a conscious thing that they're deciding and not just sort of a, a, a habitual drift of like, I'm scared, so I'm going to back off. This is what the Vikings corners did a lot, and it, and it got them really killed, was they would start, you know, nine yards off, and then they would back, 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 and they weren't really utilizing their landmarks very well. This is this is why Cameron Dantzler didn't work out because he wouldn't really utilize those landmarks. He would just kind of go back, 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 and then try to break on the ball when the ball got thrown, and it was really easy to exploit that. Um, but I want to see flat-footed confidence. Even if they get burned on that, I'm kind of okay with that because, again, I'm scouting traits. I'm not just trying to find the... I can look up the stats and be done if I really wanted the easy way out here, right? Um, but... Uh, even if they get beat on that, I'm okay with that because I want to see that they have the confidence to be flat-footed and say, you can't beat me by going deep. This is what enamored me with Devin Witherspoon this year. Devin Witherspoon is so flat-footed in his off coverage. His feet are planted to the ground, and if you do try to run by him, he can transition pretty quickly with his hips, and, and he can get hip-to-hip -hip with you really fast, which is called in-phase when you're running... Um, you know, step for step with a guy and you're with them, you're in phase. And if you're trying to catch up, you're out of phase. Um, so he can get like in phase with you really fast. And he knows that and he leverages that. Also, this is why Duke Shelley worked last year, because he was good at being in off coverage and he was confident enough to be flat footed. Maybe he'd backpedal a yard or two. He was really conservative with how much cushion he gave up. And therefore, the only real way to beat him was with a go ball over the top. And hey, that's kind of a hard throw. So they, the Giants ended up kind of getting him with, with other stuff and just making him work a little harder than that in the playoff game. But that was kind of why he worked for so long. So that's what I, I want to see, flat-footed confidence in off coverage. In press coverage, the first thing is, is he jamming? And if he is, I want to see, uh, I want to see the influence on the timing of the wide receiver, right? Because you can see, oh, look, he pressed jammed. But like Christian Gonzalez, for example, when he jams, he's a hand layer. He just kind of gets his hand on you, and you can see receivers fight through it really easily, and they don't slow down. They aren't knocked off of their path at all. No part of them is influenced. When I see a jam, I want influence. I want you to, to, to have some visible effect on that wide receiver. Um, so that's something to look for with the jams. Now, sometimes a guy will be impressed. They'll go for a jam, and they miss. That happens, and I don't hold it against corners too bad when that happens because it's just sort of part of life it's the risk that you take when you're jamming um and if you just jam into an outside release it's kind of like you lost a game of rock paper scissors to me and how they recover is something that i'm gonna focus more on with that kind of rep but if you're not jamming and you're just playing regular press man or press bail or whatever um the first thing i want to look at is what your first step is so i'm talking you got to frame by frame this because these are quick steps is it a backpedal? Backpedals should be short and choppy. Your feet should be on the ground as much as possible. Um, I don't want to see long, lopey stretch. Some guys will do the long, lopey thing, but it's because they've got long enough legs where they can keep their their feet on the ground while they take bigger strides and they can get faster backpedals that way without giving up the ability to plant. What you don't want is a wide receiver to break off his route and now you have to break on that but you can't because your foot is mid-step. 
that's what you don't want. And and I know I have like a half of the time a, a step takes doesn't sound like much, but it is everything at corner game of inches, right? Like it is everything that that the world moves lightning fast. So that little bit of time it takes for you to step your foot down, then plant, then push off of it uh, is the difference between getting there and not getting there. So that's what I want to see with a backpedal is are you um does it look like you can at any moment plant and push off in any direction? That's what the backpedal needs to be. And there are lots of different ways to try to accomplish that. But when you're watching, you know, do they look like they're on balance? I want to see, typically, I want to see your shoulders out in front of your knees a little bit rather than sitting back on it. Um, unless you're backpedaling really, really, really hard and you're sitting back on it. But guys who's, who sort of look like they're, they're sitting up on, on a bus rather than guys that look like they're kind of crouched over, um, are I, I feel like the sitting up on a bus thing is so much harder to break from. And uh, on average, when I see that, I, I'm going to start to expect to see them get beat on curl routes and stuff or give up separation at least on curl routes and stuff. So that's something that I'm looking for with with like backpedaling. Um, I want to see their approach to a given situation too. Does their first step mirror the receiver's first step or not? There is not a... A, a right or wrong answer to that question, but it will reveal something about the way that they're thinking. Are they trying to mirror this guy? Are they trying to anticipate his move? Um, you know, are they just trying to give themselves a lot of space? If you remember when we talked about Byron Murphy, um, Byron Murphy versus Devonte Adams is great tape to watch, to learn what stuff's supposed to look like on both sides of that matchup. Both of those guys were playing out of their minds. Um, it's a mess. I'll give it to you. All right. I got that tape. But Byron Murphy's first couple steps in that matchup were always a couple of backpedal steps, very short, choppy, fast. He would cover two yards really quickly and be able to, to respond to whatever Devontae Adams' real release was because Devontae Adams' releases were always trying to get up into Byron Murphy's face, and Byron Murphy was denying that. And seeing that skill is really exciting for, for Byron Murphy because that's uh, a very difficult thing to do, and it's a good way to neutralize really, really, really good route runners. Eventually you'll see the corner will have to transition. Eventually that route is breaking off deep. They'll find a go route or something. They'll have to transition from a back pedal or what's called a shuffle step, which is like 45 degree angle. Um, you know, bring your feet together and, and actually do a kind of a little cha-cha slide almost. Um, eventually they will have to transition from that sort of flexible footwork where you're sort of positioning yourself, you're drifting a little bit, but mostly you're just keeping yourself ready to push off, you'll have to flip your hips, turn and run. And, and now you're just turn and run. Um, how smooth is that? That's something I want to look is, does it look like this really clunky thing? How many steps does it take? Or are they flipping their hips around and going really fast? Um, you know, watch Keely Ringo do it and then watch Christian Gonzalez do it. Those two guys couldn't be more different in how they do that particular transition. And that'll kind of show you what I'm talking about. Like the, the real spectrum of outcomes. Um, and so for all of this, I'm looking more for what was their thought process? What was their strategy? What technique did they use to try to go for what they thought they were seeing? Um, but here's the thing. Corners will just always be wrong sometimes. And how often they are wrong tells me a lot less than the tools that they were trying to use, which is why I'm focusing more on technique and on cornerbacks and a little bit less. I want to know how they lose and how they win, not how often they lose or how often they win. That's why the raw charting doesn't go very far for me with corner and is famously unstable. Cornerback 
cornerbacks analytically, everything from PFF grades to uh, coverage stats to everything is notoriously unstable. And I think it's because the raw outcome of a play doesn't tell you as much of the uh, of a corner's skill set as the process of that play. How did that happen to you? Did you do all the techniques right and you just guessed wrong? You thought it was an outside release and it was an inside release. You got out of phase. That's pretty forgivable. Or, you know, did you turn and run really, really slow and the guy got, you know, and you got run by and then you were out of phase, right? And if you were out of, how often are you out of phase versus how often do you make the play, right? Did, that That is another thing that I think is way more worth charting than how many catches did you give up, if that makes sense. Um, there's, uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, um, that I want to talk about. So, um, I want to talk about like how to play in phase and out of phase and kind of what I, what I mean by that. So, um, yeah, I, I want to keep going here before we move on. Let me talk to you about a good old gramble. It's FanDuel, America's number one sports book. March Madness is back on baby. And that means that we can start betting on March Madness. And of course, the XFL, you can even bet on futures, stuff like what will Aaron Rodgers' next team be? What will Lamar Jackson's next team be? Vikings higher on that list than you might think. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff over at FanDuel. And if you're new, you can go to FanDuel right now and get a no sweat first bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on to uh, get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You can wager on everything from money line, point spreads, player props, mash a whole bunch of stuff together and try to get a better payout with a big old parlay. Whatever you want, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Okay. In phase versus out of phase. I already kind of explained it, but in phase is let's say, you know, you you mirrored the release the receiver's release correctly. You know, you guessed you took the right outside step or inside step. Um, I will say, by the way, on, on the press thing, some corners will like always take an outside step. And I don't love that because that's really exploitable, right? Um, but some corners will this is I think it's Joey Porter's really good at this. He'll take one inside step every time and he'll use or no, it's it's Witherspoon again. Um, he'll, he'll have an inside alignment and inside shade, which is another tool with alignment. It's not just how far back you are, but also look at where they're lining up. Are they to the inside of the guy? Are they to the outside of the guy? A lot of times the coverage dictates that for you. Um, so it's not quite as strategic of a decision, uh, but you can still see, okay, if they start inside and the guy releases to the outside, how do they handle that? And that brings me to the kind of in phase out of phase thing you're just going to be in a bad spot sometimes. Cornerback just works like that. It's an impossible thing, which is like every time you see like a cornerback low light, you go, oh my God, that guy just got dusted. Wow. Uh, it's like, every, it happens to everybody. And, and ask any cornerback and say, hey, you know, this one rep or, or anything, you'll see cornerbacks complain about that all the time and, and like how that's how corners are seen by like the national consciousness is like kind of by one play. And it's like, man, nobody ever goes through a game without getting beat one or two times because there's so much guesswork involved and you just will guess wrong. You're just not that lucky. Um, so how you play when you're out of phase is something I want to make sure that I see. I want to find an out of phase rep. I, I will specifically seek it out. I'll say, where? tell me what this guy's worst game was so that I can see how he plays out of phase. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to play when you're out of phase, when you're trying to catch up. Typically, 
if you're out of phase and let's just say it's a regular go route just down the field, right, or a post or something, and you're just trying to catch up, um, are you just humming trying to get catch up, right? Some guys will do. Some younger guys will do that. They will. They will just like run as fast as they can. They'll get right back into that wide receiver's hip. But now they have absolutely no base. Their feet are all over the place because they were just sprinting, right? They weren't really doing footwork. Um, they are not really even paying attention to what the wide receiver is doing anymore because they're just in a panic. And then the receiver will break the route off somewhere else or they'll do, like this was the Randy Moss thing was you go into another gear the second they feel like they've caught up to you. Uh, and then you can get separation right when the ball gets there. Or like the way Byron Murphy plays when he's out of phase, I absolutely love, where he is now playing you almost like a basketball player, where he will face guard, he'll keep his eyes squarely on you, he's just going to follow you everywhere you go and just close down as much space as he possibly can. He's not trying to get directly in your hip, he's just trying to get back to a point where he can make on a, a play on a ball if he sees you go up for it, or if he sees your hands go up for it. Um, so you, I want to see where are your eyes. Are you a face guarder? Are you the worst thing you can do when you're out of phase is turn your head um, because that slows you down. And usually the wide receiver will be the one turning his head and looking for the ball, slowing him down. And that's your chance. Uh, and then you get in there and, and just throw a hand up and just get in the way. Right. You're not literally face guarding. That's a penalty. Right. You can't just like put your hands over someone's eyes, but just throw your hand up in the air and just kind of like get go make chaos. Just go be in the way. And that's the best you can do. And if they make the catch over you, then you shouldn't have gotten out of phase, right? Usually that means something has gone wrong on the rep. So why are you out of phase is a great question. And it's part of it. And you log that down and then you go, okay, bad situation. How do you handle it? That's what I want to see. And then when you're in phase, in phase is easy mode a little bit. And usually you've earned that by playing the release well or by getting a good press jam on him or something like that. You know, there's a lot of reps. Uh, I'm watching... Um, Deontay Banks right now. And there's a lot of reps where he'll just jam somebody, knock them right off their timing. And now, now they have to like re-accelerate and it's so much easier to cover them because now they're, they're trying to catch up because with wide receivers, uh, you need to be at a certain place in a certain time. That's the way that the play designs usually work, right? I need you here by, you know, four steps or by a second and a half or however they do it. Um, and if you get jammed and you get knocked off of that, now you have to kind of panic and sprint and you're not going to do any more moves or any more anything. So it becomes way easier for the corner to just stay with you. If you get that good disruption and that good jam, that's why it's so important. Um, it's sort of an insta win, right? It's just, it's, it's plays over now because you just have, it's like being three scores up in the, the fourth quarter. Yeah, this game isn't over, but what you have to do to, make the comeback is so predictable that I'm going to be able to beat it. That's why being in phase is so helpful, right? Plus, it's, I mean, yeah, you're just, you're closer to the guy. It's better. Um, but how do they play the ball, right? Do they know to turn their head or do they sit there in phase and they just let the thing come right past them? Just watching the receiver, watching the receiver, watching the receiver, or are now you want to turn your head because you are caught up to him, right? Do you turn your head early and now he gets separation? Um, can you make that actual play on the ball or is it, this was Trey Wayne's right where he would be in phase, he would be in good position, but he would always miss the ball. Um, all of that is a good question to ask. So once you've kind of got like watched all this stuff, you'll kind of start to notice, all right, well, when he's in mod, all the times he gets beat, he's in mod and it's inside breaking routes. Well, that's actually not that bad. That's more on the covers than it is on the player or, uh, you know, he, when, whenever there's catches in his, you know, every time this guy has gotten an interception, he's been 
in phase. He's never, you know, making big plays out of phase. So, okay, so that means he has to win on the release, and it's way more important whether he's good or bad on the release. Um, you know, way more important to see if he's actually good at that. And you can sort of notice patterns. That's what I always see. Um, you know, you notice positioning. With corners, it's very intentional. Are they to the inside or the outside of the receiver? Are they above him? Are they below him? There's so much. I couldn't get to everything. Uh, on curls and comebacks, receivers want to let the corner beat them really hard. So uh, young, stupid corners will, um, I don't want to say, young, inexperienced corners will overrun it and they'll run too far back and then the curl will beat them over the top. This is a big Keely Ringo problem. Um, there's so much more. But I will say this, if you keep an eye on those things, keep an eye on the first couple steps after press, how flat-footed are they in off coverage, what coverage are they in, or at least what coverage technique are they trying to play, pay attention to all of that stuff and you will, your brain will naturally start to put patterns together. And from there, you can kind of see, okay, that's what this guy's game is. What kind of routes do they beat? What kind of routes do they lose to? All of that stuff. And then go look at their athletic scores. But do the, the tape first. Then go look at their athletic scores and see, okay, does anything surprise me, right? Like when, when I saw Keely Ringo play, you can see how fast he is. He looked like a 4-3 dude to me. He did not run, or I think he ran a 4-3-6, right? He, he, he ran a slow one first and then he did it better. Uh, he ran like a 4-3-6. Um, so you go, okay, that, that confirms that he looked fast. I think he's fast, right? Um, you know, is, is he really good at like short area stuff? He looks like he's really mirroring well at the release and then he runs a great three cone. Okay. I see that. Right. Um, so use it to confirm things. And if something doesn't match, if a guy looks really fast, but then he ran a four, six go, huh? Okay. Why does he look that fast? Maybe he's just transitioning really well and it doesn't matter that he's slow or maybe he only went up against slow receivers and then you kind of got to look into what the problem is, but then you're answering more salient questions about a guy rather than just saying, Hmm, well, he ran a four, six, but why no production? And then you're sort of left in this nebulous world of, well, it could be for a bunch of reasons. We don't really know. Ah, it's like an unknown. The draft is hard. And then you kind of give up. You can usually come to more salient answers than that. Um, and then at the end of all of that, put together what you think this guy's future is practically. Is he a starter? Is he a starter, but he needs a year? Is he, maybe he's just a backup guy. Maybe you don't think he's going to make it in the league at all. And from there, then you can apply that to, all right, a, a cornerback who I think can compete for a job year one and then year two, he should be a starter. Where do I take that? Well, that's probably a high second, low first round pick, right? Or a cornerback that I think he'll be a backup, but he tops out there. Well, where would you take a backup cornerback? Round four? That seems good to me. I'll put a round four grade on him. That's the way that I go for these guys. This whole week, I am going to do uh, a bunch of these. And if any news happens over the week, again, we'll get to it uh, next week. So I'm sorry if I'm super, super late on news. We'll do a whole big roundup catch up last uh, week on locked on thing. Um, so I will see you guys all for that. Thank y'all. Love you. And as always skull.